What happens when God is the center of your love story? The Love Seat. Welcome back, y'all. It's your girl, Courtney Wade. What up, what up? And Sumi Sola Okai. Welcome, welcome. We are so happy you guys are back here with us again. So today's podcast is about married couples, Sean and Dana Williams. And we have just a deep, deep conversation with them about the importance of continuing to grow in their marriage after experiencing infidelity on both sides, which I would assume would be very hard. Yes, guys, if you know anyone who's gone through infidelity, whether on the male side or the female side, today's podcast is for you. You want to listen to this. They are so real. They're so raw. They're so honest um, that we were just like, wow, thank you for sharing. So be sure to listen. And I know it's going to be a great episode. Well, before we get into the nitty gritty, we've got to introduce this amazing couple we have with us. Married almost half their lives, 21 years to be exact. Um, Sean is a lieutenant for the Chesapeake Fire Department and also a business owner. And Dana is an assistant pastor at New Life Church. She is also an author, speaker, and a relationship coach. They are also parents of four lovely children. Welcome to the Love Seat, Sean and Dana. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much for having us, you two. Oh, you are welcome. So tell us about your amazing love story, just about how you guys met when you were really young and then also started dating as young teens. Would you like to go? (laughs) The story story that you don't tell the story that you claim happens, but (laughs) really happened. (laughs) When Daniel was five years old, um, I went over her house to, uh, I think I was going to see her sister or so, and Dana came out uh, in the hallway and said, um, come here, I have to tell you something. I said, okay. And she kissed me on the cheek and ran off. (laughs) (laughs) I have no no recollection of this, by the way. Five? (laughs) Yeah, five. She pursued me really A little forward. (laughs) She's like, I don't remember that. (laughs) Real early age. But um, the, the real story is we've known each other pretty much all our lives um in high school we went ended up at the same high school which was atlanta shores um christian school um and i went there for my junior year dana was already there and i ran into i kept hearing hearing about her but i hadn't seen her in a couple of years and and so i ran into her and i was like wow and i said i'm going to marry her one day and that's what kind of started i was a junior and you were uh i was a freshman a freshman Mm -hmm. so um we, um, she liked somebody else at the time, you know, so I had to, had to, you know, work it out and throw some interference in there and mess a few things up. So I would be the only available person for her. So, <laughs> <That's right>. uh, <laughs> so we worked it out. Teen? Huh? This is you, you guys were young teens at this time? Yes. I was okay. a junior in high school and she was a freshman. So, yeah. So, um, you take it from there. So Sean was actually friends with my sister. He and my sister were in the same grade. And um, so I just always saw him as my sister's friend. Um, And then, you know, like you said, we went to a small um, Christian school, which if you know anything about most Christian schools, they are predominantly white. So all of our wonderful white friends were like, oh, you two should be together. And uh, (laughs) so we uh, had a lot of mutual friends. And so we just began to hang out and um, really just begin to like each other and started going out um, and have just been inseparable since. 
Okay, so first comes love, then comes marriage. So when when did the marriage thing happen? Well, it's supposed <laughs> to be first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby and the baby carriage, but we got that a little bit confused. So we, then comes love, then came the baby, uh, and then came marriage. So we, uh, I graduated high school, Sean had already graduated and he was in the workforce and um, he was going to school locally and I decided I was gonna go away to school. So um, my first semester in college, we get the unexpected news that we are gonna be parents. And so of course that was a huge shock that was not in my five-year plan at all. Um, but we decided, you know, we're like, we want, we know we want to be together. So, you know, we were planning on getting married after I graduated college. And Mm -hmm. so we just kind of had to accelerate some things. Mm -hmm. So our son was born in May of 99 and then we got married in July of 99. Okay. So ever after begins, um, you know, you're married, you're young, you have a son, That's, there's a lot going on. And, you know, as you said, your vows, you know, a lot of times we hear vows, um, you know, for better, for worse. Um, so you started out great, but then, um, infidelity came into the picture. So can you talk about that? What happened and how did you guys get through the for worse part? Mm-hmm. What happened? Man, jump, jump right into jump it. Jump right in there. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, in all honesty, it was because um, I'm in the Air Force Reserves. And really, for me, I never had a, my father wasn't around. So I never really had a, a, a father figure to, to help me navigate through life. I only had what I saw in front of me. And, um, and at that time, it was, you know, as you, and get as many people, females as you can, you know, like, why not? And that's what everybody was doing. So it was, and then people make you feel attractive. And I was like, wow, okay. All right. No, this is, this ain't bad. So let me, yeah, let me talk to this one here. Yeah. Let me talk to this one here. Cause really that's what everyone did at the time. And, um, and it was really no one to sit me down and say, man, wh- what are you doing? You know, what, what do you, are you willing to throw everything away over uh, five minutes of pleasure or so? And it wasn't, you know, that was kind of how it went for me was just um, being away, seeing people, meeting people and just not honoring and taking my vows seriously. And so so that was that was my thing. Yeah, I think for me, because the thing that's unique about Sean and my story is that he wasn't the only person who committed adultery. I, I did as well. And so. Um, like you said, Sammy, we were young, uh, and these are not excuses, but this is just kind of the backstory of what we were dealing with at the time. We were young. Um, we had, you know, a child, we had very little money. There was a lot of pressure on both of us. And, um, you know, I think the, the, for me, I did not have good boundaries at the time. So being 18 years old and being married and being a mother, I still had all my high school friends that I was still, you know, talking to. And one of those high school friends was a male and um, we just didn't have good boundaries. And so one thing led to another and I found myself in a relationship um, that was deeper than just a friendship. And I can say that, you know, I have a lot of compassion for people who find themselves in adulterous marriages um, because it's not something that most people just wake up and say, I'm going to commit adultery today. I'm going to have an affair and ruin my marriage today. It is um, you letting your guard down. It's not having proper boundaries. It's not having accountability. Um, It's not 
you know, communicating because I think there was a lot of stress in our relationship um, and we were not communicating very well. Um, we weren't necessarily arguing all the time, but we were just very distant and allowing a lot of those external pressures to um, to force us apart. So unbeknownst it to us, we were both going through the same thing at the same time. And of course, we're not sharing that with each other. Um, and so that's kind of what contributed to the adultery in our relationship. Wow. Now, as you guys, you know, continue to, you know, grow in your marriage and of course, you know, forgiveness is such an important piece in marriage. How long did it actually take for you both to truly forgive each other and like, well, truly <laughs> forgive each other uh, from the infidelity and then have faith in your marriage once again? Uh, what's today? Today? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you want to answer first? I can't speak for you. You speak for yourself. So from uh Guys are, are different than females, um, in my opinion. We, um, once I say I forgave her, I mean, I, I forgive, I forgive and, and move on. You know, I don't like to bring it up and um, dwell on it. So once I actually truly forgave her, I pressed on and moved on and it was, okay, I'm not pressed about it anymore. I'm not worried about it, you know, and I have to, I mean, it took a while. It took, um, several years because of the way I found out, you know, was that's why it took me so long. But again, once I, I did forgive, I am, you know, I, I give it over to God and say, whatever happens, happens. That's between you and God. Who am I to judge? I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to investigate. I'm not going to do anything else. So if something else happens, God will take care of it. So. Okay. And just, sorry to interrupt. So before you get into that, how did each of you find out about mm. infidelity on both parts? I was dumb, so I mean, it's easy to find out her. I mean, my stuff. She just. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't very like uh, you know. Again, we were very young, and this was also in the days of you know, internet was fairly new, like not to date us so much, but um, so you know, we didn't really have passwords on emails and stuff like that. Um, so I just kind of uncovered his uh, pretty easily. Yours was a fluke. <laughs> I just came across a letter, a sealed envelope in a drawer. And I was like, hmm, what's this? And wow, boom, here it is. So that's how I found out. Yeah. Okay. So back to the how old were you guys um, when you guys got married? We were 18 and 21. Oh, okay. So back to the forgiveness part. Okay. So both, now both of you know. Um, and I think it's so interesting what you said Dana about it wasn't so much you were like fighting and not getting along you just drifted apart like you stopped communicating right so um you know to answer Courtney's question how did how long did it take for you to walk the road of forgiveness well for me my story is a little bit different so um when Sean when I found out about his initial infidelity um I think it was such a shock um, but also I was caught up in my own thing. So I, I felt um, hypocritical to not forgive him because I knew that I would need forgiveness too. Um, so I think initially I forgave him early on, but then throughout the course of our marriage, Sean would keep falling into these cycles. And so I would find out about this relationship or find out about that relationship. And so the forgiveness process was a lot uh, longer for me because um, 
you know, it's, it's like ripping the bandaid off. Whenever my healing would start to happen, I would find out about something else. So it was like ripping the bandaid off and then I would have to start the healing process all over. And this was just this ugly cycle that lasted for quite some time. Um, and so I think when I finally got to the point of completely forgiving him, it was after he had been clean, so to speak, um, for a couple years. So it was a lot longer of a process for me. Wow. So for couples who are watching now and are thinking, you know, maybe they're in the middle of something or they're working through forgiveness or they're in that situation. Um, I know you have a relationship ministry um, and you mentor couples. Um, so you really, God has really used this to not only heal your marriage, but to help other people, which I think is amazing. Um, so for someone watching who, Maybe they're in the middle of it right now. They're in the middle of the fire or as the word, an entanglement <laughs> um, situation. Um, so what would you what would you tell them from your experience um, and from mentoring other couples? What would you tell that couple? Yeah, I think for the couple, for the for the the one who is betraying their spouse, um, I would really say, like Sean said before, it's not worth it. You know, when you think about those few minutes of pleasure that what are you what are you willing to lose for that little bit of gain? And I think sometimes we're just not thinking logically. You know, when you're caught up in an adulterous relationship, it's like people I've never done drugs, but people have likened it to being on drugs. It's like this high that you get that doesn't um, make logical sense. It defies um, common sense. And so when I'm talking to people, couples who are in the middle of it, I'm always asking the person who's betraying the spouse, like, is this what you really want to do? Do you really want to destroy your marriage? Obviously, most couples don't. Um, and so then it, the, the, the hard truth, though, is that people aren't going to stop until they want to stop. You know, and Sean and I, we talk about this all the time. Like, you know, people would say, well, you guys need to get an accountability partner and we would try that. And that didn't work. And you guys need to, you know, go deeper in the Lord and, and go to church and it's like all of these external things. Um, we'll talk about the relationship with the Lord because that was a huge factor. But I think that there are a lot of external things that people try to grasp for that don't work because the heart has to be you have to be repentant. Like there has to be um, a change in the heart first. And so the the spouse who's being betrayed a lot of times feels very helpless because there's nothing you can do to change somebody's heart. Um, and so for the, for the spouse who is being betrayed, I would say, um, first of all, you know, there's an old saying that says, you know, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? And so it's, it's almost like a lot of times people talk about that in like a dating relationship. Um, but I also think about that in a marriage. If if let's say you're a wife and your husband is being unfaithful, but yet you're continuing all the things, you know, that you normally did, he's not really experiencing any kind of discomfort. Why would he change if he's being able to have you and these other people on the side too? So, you know, I encourage couples to, you know, really think about what it is that you want. Go back to those wedding vows that you took and think about what you said. Obviously, for a Christian couple, it's very different because you made those vows not only to each other, but you made those vows before the Lord. And so I'm always reminding Christian couples, this is not about you being happy. It's not about you and your feelings. It's not about you having your needs unmet. This is really a covenant that you entered into with the Lord. And so God takes that very seriously. And so should you. So that's kind of, I guess, just 
you know, basic level, what I would say to a couple that that is going through this. I will say, you know, I am very pro marriage. And I know that because our marriage has been through so much, um, I really do believe that couples can overcome infidelity if they're truly repentant and if they're willing to do the hard work that's going to come after the, the repentance to make their marriage better. I feel like our marriage is better than what it was before all of this. So I would say um, towards that, um, <clears throat> the couple that's going through that, it's going to take for whoever is the betrayer, they're going to have, they're going to, have to make a decision um, if they want to stop. Because until they make that decision, they're not going to stop. I mean, you can do everything on the outside that your spouse wants you to do and, you know, go through the motions. But until you make that decision, like, OK, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Because once you make that decision, it's real easy to stop. And it's, it's really unexplainable. Like, you can stop on a dime. Um, but I encourage them to look at and see what they see in this other person they're in something with. And communicate that with your spouse and say, you know, this is what I'm lacking. You know, and so once you do that communication, it puts it on the spouse a lot. Okay. Let me change some things on, on my end as well so we can have a working relationship because if you're lacking whatever it may be, I'm not going you know I'm not I'm gonna do everything I can not to force um, Dana to go elsewhere you know um, and what you know Dana is a, a reader so I'm not really a reader but she likes to have conversations and different things so, so I don't like to have long conversations but I had to change my thing and like okay. We're going to have some conversations just so I can keep her attention. So her attention doesn't go elsewhere. Um, and then um, after you have that, you know, you look at you look at what you have in that relationship and you give your spouse the opportunity to fulfill that need. Then you won't need that in, a, in um, another relationship. So um, I think that's a big thing really is communication. And a lot of men, are, it's hard to communicate with females um, uh, because we're intimidated. We say we're not, but we are intimidated to have a conversation with a female, especially if we are wrong in something because we don't, we want to be right. And so it's hard for us to humble humble ourselves to say, this is what's going on, you know, and it doesn't make it, all females don't make it easy because a lot of times we look at you and be like, uh, why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? If it was that easy, then we'll just do it. But it's not that easy. So. Yeah, I would say too, Sammy, you, you brought up the word entanglement. So I think, um, you know, one thing that is so true is that people need to understand you will never be able to find fulfillment in another person. And so even as you're talking about having needs, and, and, and this is something I hear often where a couple will say, well, my, my wife isn't meeting my needs, or a wife will say, my husband doesn't make me happy, or he's not meeting my needs. As long as you're looking at your spouse to meet your needs, you're always going to be disappointed. That's what he was going to say. No. <laughs> so, I, no. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the biggest thing, the thing that really helped me is when I took my focus off Dana and whatever she was doing, I said, I need to work on Sean mm-hmm. and I need to work on me and figure out what I, what issues I have within me. And once I did that mm-hmm. and took my focus off her and I was like, you know, God fix me. And I even told Dana, I'm, I'm taking a break from everything i need to focus on me and figure out what's going on with me and i mean that was sex i mean everything was like and she even looked at me like sex really i was like yeah because and once i did that and worked on me and got myself together 
then I could focus on our relationship and be a, a good husband and be a better person and be a better man for her because I was able to fix the issues I had within me going on that that was way back deep, deep things that I never knew existed. Mm -hmm. So I, that's what I would say to anyone before you can fix your marriage, you need to fix yourself first, whatever that, however that may be, whether it be a therapist or accountability or, you know, just one-on-one -on -one with God, but you need to fix yourself first. Then you can work on your marriage. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. That really was, that was really good. And just like how, I mean, both of your responses were really good. They were really helpful. I'm sure your story is going to help so many other people too. And um, just the fact that, you know, you guys talked about communicating and then of, of course, working on yourselves, not looking at the other person, but also just looking at yourself. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's um, actually really, really good to um, point that out. Now, we always like to um, have our guests kind of close this out in prayer. So can one of you close this Absolutely. out in prayer just for um, just praying for couples or however you feel led? Yes, I will. Um, and before I pray, I just, you know, I really feel just really compelled to say that um, for us, like what really changed is the Lord. Like it's unexplainable. I want to try to explain to people like what happened. And I'm like, I, I know practical steps that I can give them. But at the end of the day, I know we would not be together if we were not believers. Like I don't know how unbelievers do it. Um, and so I, you know, I give God all the glory, like not even just saying that cliche ish, but, um, but he really is the one who changed my heart because, um, only the Lord can soften a hardened heart. And so my heart was very hard. It was very cold. I didn't want to try anymore. Um, and I think Sean had been so disappointed with himself and, um, he was starting to become hopeless. And, um, and so God changed his heart too. And so, Prayer works. Um, sometimes you're, you're praying for so long and you don't realize um, how it's, it's a struggle to, to believe. And so I really just have a lot of empathy uh, for couples who have been praying for a long time and they're not really seeing any movement. So all I can say is, you know, just just keep believing and keep praying and keep hoping. And so I just want to pray a prayer of encouragement and strength um, over couples who might be watching this, who who have been at it for a long time, or maybe even for a couple who they just found out and they feel like there's no way possible they can recover. You can recover um, if the Holy Spirit is in it. So mm -hmm. let's pray. Father, God, we thank you so much that you are faithful. Lord, even when we are faithless, you are still faithful. Father, I thank you, God, for the forgiveness that you've offered to us, Lord, and the forgiveness that you allow us to release to other people. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are still in the business, Lord, of changing hard hearts. Lord, there is nothing that is impossible for you. Your word says that what seems impossible with man is, is possible for God. And so, Lord, I just lift up these couples right now who are struggling, who are at the end of their rope, who have tried everything. They've tried the marriage counseling. They've tried conferences. They've tried the books. They've tried listening to the podcast. They've done it all. And it just seems like their marriage is never going to recover. Father, I pray, oh God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would give them strength today. God, I pray, oh Lord, for the couple who may have just found out that one of, one of them has been unfaithful and they don't know what to do and they just want to immediately rush to divorce. God, I pray that you would just still their hearts 
Lord God, we know that you are able, Lord God, to turn even the most tragic situations around for our good. And even in me and Sean's life, Lord, we, we never thought that we could that we could actually use what we've been through to better other people, God, but you use everything. You don't waste a thing. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word says that you are making all things work together for the good of those who love you and who are called according to your purpose. Lord, thank you for what you've been able to do um, in me and Sean's life, Lord, for what you're continuing to do, how you're continuing to grow us, Lord, and draw us closer together. And I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in the lives of these couples, even those who can't see or feel you moving or working, God, we believe that you really are. Lord God, I just thank you for this opportunity to be able to shine your light. And God, we just give you all the glory for what you've done, Lord. This is this is not about me and Sean and how we overcame, Lord. This is about you and how you, Lord God, saved the day for us, God. You proved yourself victorious in our marriage. And so for that, we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your transparency um, and just your heart and just your willingness to share, you know, something so deeply personal um, with others that it might help other people. And we know that God's going to be glorified through it. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you all for listening in. I hope you guys enjoyed. Now, for more episodes of the Love Ski broadcast, as well as just inspiring and uplifting stories, you can go to our website, which is tpizone.com. And also, you guys can find us on our social media pages, tpi underscore zone on Instagram and tpi zone on Facebook. Yes. Be sure to follow. Look, we're watching. We're going to watch who is following. <laughs> so, but for the next episode of the podcast, uh, I know you guys want to stay tuned. The Love Seed Podcast, episode three, we're going to be talking with uh, Hope and Kadero Watson, better known as Everyday with HNK. What, what? They are social media influencers, an amazing godly couple. So be sure to listen to the next podcast. They're going to be talking about their journey as a young couple, as content creators, um, and about building boundaries and relationships. So it's really exciting. Plus, they are really funny. So you don't want to miss this. So yeah, be they sure to stay tuned. <laughs> yes. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Love Seat Podcast. Yes. Love Bye. Seat. See y'all.